asked out, were you the originator, the emancipator, or the architect of rock and roll? I was all three. <laughs> Before me, that was nothing. I know that Toilet was Toilet paper. <laughs> Shut up. Almost positive is meant for another audience. Almost positive may contain sexually oriented content. Politically oriented content. And unethically oriented content. Listener discretion advised. Now, here's Almost Positive with Van Rollington and Sir Rollington. Dude, that's the OG right there. That's the OG? Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna see like all the greatest rock and roll people die. It's terrible. I know it's gonna be sad. Sad. Saw Lemmy die. David Bowie, Little Richard, Chuck Berry. No, the fucking Bo Diddley still alive. I don't know what the oh, fuck. That's I don't think Bo Diddley was doing drugs, was he? I don't know. Everybody was doing drugs. Not everybody. Like drug, I don't know. We're gonna have to look. We're gonna we're gonna have to come back with that one and uh, offer some facts about Bo Diddley. I don't know. When you were telling me about Little Richard, I accidentally confused one of his songs with James Brown, and I was like, "Oh, I got the wrong uh, drug addicted old black guy." <laughs> I think I want to say uh, Little Richard found God much sooner than James Brown. So look, Little Richard. You know, he, he started off, he he was one of those people, you know, I, I've always wanted to meet one of these fucking people that are just, they're probably the worst fucking people to be around. But like, since he was a little kid, he was just like, I'm going to be famous one day. And that's all he ever did was just work on trying to, how the fuck he was going to be famous. He got kicked out of his house when he was 17 for being gay. And he started playing clubs in the South. He grew up in the South. Um, and he would put on all this makeup and wear his hair like a lady and do all this crazy shit, you know, with the little shiny suits and the fucking, the flamboyant thing. And it's weird. Cause he says that he only did that at first to, to be accepted by the white people. He said the white men didn't think that he was there to steal their women. So they would let him come in. Not in my America. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, so he had to kind of, so so he played that up for a while, but then he said he just wanted to feel beautiful after that, so he just kept doing it. But <laughs> he wanted to he, feel beautiful. He, Yeah, no, it's pretty cool, because he's like, all right, he was just talking about, like, no, when James Brown or fucking um, Fats Domino would come around, like, they didn't want them playing those clubs because they thought they were going to take their women. But they didn't mind him banging other fucking dudes in the in the clubs and banging banging cowboys, but they just didn't want their women to be taken by their. <laughs> Is that what hillbilly ladies sound like? Though? Yeah, that... they do the hoo woo too. <laughs> That's cool. Well, yeah, no, well, and then the chicks fucking loved him, but uh, you know, he did his thing. He was a fucking crazed drug addict for a long time. Made a bunch of badass fucking songs, and uh, you know what? We have we have one of the song, one of his sponsored songs. I want to hear that because that's a like, fucking sure. better than than Good Golly Miss Molly. All right, here it is.
<laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was one of his fucking jams in the I think in the nineties. In so the nineties? In the eighties he he denounced his gay lifestyle. He said that he was back and that he 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 denounced rock and roll. He wanted to to live the the, the good Christian life, so he cut his hair into a nice afro and um and just started spreading the, the gospel of Christ. But then at some point in the nineties he realized that that probably wasn't very profitable, so he went back to the crazy wig and the makeup. Oh, woo! <laughs> yeah, and he—I uh, guess he kept living the 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 life of Christ, but then he started playing his old songs again and the rock and roll and, and dressing flashy. So, I mean, God knows what he was doing because he came back fucking more crazy than ever. But um, well, sometimes you got to go back to what got you to the dance in the first place. Well, yeah, especially when there's millions of dollars fucking on the table, like oh, the city, woo. waiting, waiting. But uh, you have the Adam and uh, Adam and Eve thing. I, I wanna. I thought that was a good, good presentation for him. Now you also did something very brave because I'm such a. You were the first performer, I think, ever to come out and say, "I am a homosexual." Yes, and everybody got mad with me for saying that. You know, I I, I didn't mind telling the world that I was gay. I was gay. And uh, uh, it's nice to be happy. It sure is. I was happy, and I wanted the world to know that I was happy. And I wasn't ashamed. I had been that way all my life, and I didn't know nothing else but that. And so I told everybody that I am gay. I am the originator. I I think I was the first one of them, too. (laughs) And, And I found out later, Joan, that that uh, God made Adam to be with Eve, not Steve. So I had to cut back. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what. I mean, I guess he 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 cites like he he had a bunch of people around him start dying, and that's when he went back to kind of walking the righteous path. But uh, it's it's cool because he he was one of, he never gave a fuck really I mean he did his thing you know and it's cool because he was one of those performers that kind of brought brought people together and shit and that's that's part of fucking one of rock and roll's fucking I think biggest contributions and the best contribution is like taking this fucking music that was dying out bringing some of those artists back and I mean a lot of people think that is white people stealing fucking black music but uh. I mean, I look at it like it's fucking kind of the culture, the, the culture all just coming together and just fucking, you know, it's the American dream, man. That brings yeah. me hope. Yeah. Yeah. You know, who said the American dream is dead? Oh, I mean, one of them died. So there's wow. that. But I, I, I see, I wanted to spend my time this week paying tribute to one of the, one of the greats fucking little richard he's dead now even though i've never been like a huge fan of his but i mean you know he's he's fucking one of the ogs and he put that sound like just completely cemented that sound you never jammed tutti frutti fucking uh from your uh old cadillac i tried to only on weekends okay good and since we're in the quarantine you know i can't go and, and have fun with the boys so i just I haven't been able to do it lately. It's Tutti. I hit 26th Street and look for the boys with with uh, either Tutti Fruity or uh, what's the other song you were playing last week? <laughs> Which one? 
Oh, uh, this is the rhythm of the night. Yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, I took that off the soundboard. Yeah, no, that's that's how I, I hit the block on Saturdays with that one on fucking nocturnally. But that's a whole Dang. other story. You, you have a story about nocturnal activities? What happened? What the fuck happened? Oh, so uh, Thursday night I got out of work early because I, I um, just got out of work early. And I was attempting to go to the liquor store because I was all like, okay, the liquor store closes at nine. They can't serve any liquor anywhere after nine. So I'm hurrying up with my friend. We get to the liquor store. Fucking Mormons. Yeah. And then um, as soon as we walk in, we're making our way to the liquor section and the lady's all like, liquor's closed. And we look at our clock and I'm just all like, we got two minutes. And she's all like, no, 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 no. You see, last call is at 8.55, and you can't purchase any liquor after 8.55. You have to already have purchased it. I'm all like, well, is it 9 or 8.55? Because what the fuck? Isn't last call like, hey, we're not going to serve liquor after this call? And then you go and you rush the thing and you get liquor? Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. So I don't know. What the fuck happened? I don't know. Every place has a fucking different rule. So Wait, me and, you didn't get no liquor? No. Me and her had to go to a hot dog spot who kind of serves liquor uh, fucking like on the low low. On the low, low. Oh, so we went there. She was disappointed with their choices. How the fuck do you even know about this place? So one night we were hungry. We were taking a walk past quarantine because that's all you can do now is just walk because uh, everything's closed. Having nice conversations and fucking we saw this hot dog place open. So we go into it and we're getting ready to buy a hot dog and we were looking at the beer selection and we were just all like, oh man, all that sounds good. And the guy was all like, we're still serving alcohol. And we were all like, oh fuck, does he know it's not, it's past nine o'clock. Like, oh shit. Like, all right, fuck it. Yeah, we'll take fucking as much as we want. So, so now that's our usual Thursday ritual is to go to the hot dog spot and pick up a, some uh, alcoholic beverages past nine o'clock. I'm calling the police. No, don't call the police. Yeah, I'm reporting you guys. It's the only place open that lets us. We were having a spirited debate about fucking um, whether that was a good thing because she cited the domestic violence and that's the reason why they shut down the liquor uh, store early because of the spike in domestic violence during quarantine. And I told her, no, no. The real reason is because bunch of motherfuckers are hanging out in front of the liquor store drinking because all the bars are closed. The fuck? There ain't no mm-hmm. fucking righteous fucking reason for it. They're, like there's people hanging out on the block just getting drunk? Yeah, you know. You know, and it's only certain parts of the neighborhood. Oh. Not where you live at, though, right? Because no. you pay you, you pay high, nice, nice rent prices so you don't have to deal with that. Of course. I uh, I pay my local constituents so that they can run down a you know, joggers out of the neighborhood. <laughs> but uh, um, we had a nice spirited conversation about, uh, what was it? Uh, whether animals uh, can consent to sex with other animals. And I was telling her that they don't. You get you get drunk and fucking uh, discuss the nuances of fucking animal consent. I don't even remember how it fucking started, but I'm over here just arguing that no, like... Animals don't consent. I think we were started on the gay thing because she was telling me animals can be gay. And I'm all like, only certain animals. And then they go fucking extinct. 
And if we if we continue to be a society that uh, openly promotes gays, we'll probably go extinct too. Bro, I, you know what? I don't stand behind this. No. No. Okay. Because here at Almost Positive, we're not about equality; we're about equity. That uh, what what fucking species gone extinct because they were gay? Oh well, I just made the point that if if you go further down the line like that. There are penguins. <laughs> at some point, there's been some species at some point somewhere was extinct because they were gay. You can't cite me on it. I don't know. No. So your sources are. Where, where, what are your sources, man? Thought we were all about facts and statistics. We don't have that person on today. Oh, okay. So we don't so need to do. Today's that. about being almost positive about the fucking uh, about the facts and statistics. I mean, logically, if you go through the motions, <laughs> if the animals were just to be gay. If they didn't reproduce with um, male and females, they would go extinct, correct? I mean, listen, dude. Um, I, I, that makes sense, right? Yeah. If, if every human being decided to to only be strictly um, homosexual and and only have sexual activities with with the same sex, I think that that would have an impact on on um, population uh, numbers for sure. Sure. And then eventually we got into uh, the JQ and the global homo conspiracy and how they're trying to turn us all gay. How are they doing that? Uh, promoting it, promoting it, that it's a, that's a normal. I mean, do you, when, when you see like a gay commercial, do you feel more gay? Like, do you, do you, do no, you start? it's not, it's not like that. It's just the idea like, okay, fundamentally, if we, were to continue if we just said sure you can you can be gay and you know there's nothing wrong with being gay this this full disclaimer nothing wrong with being gay but if everyone were to be gay who's gonna fucking work at the factories the fucking uh you know 20 years down the line yeah where where are the einsteins where are the hitlers all we'll have is is just middle management everywhere yeah beautiful lawns and clean sidewalks yeah, but then the earth would end. No children. Yeah, no, you wouldn't hear the laughter of children. <laughs> you hear the gay cackling of fucking uh, queens fucking laughing at their soap operas. They're all okay. watching The Bachelorette. All right. So we're not. So today we're not focusing on uh, pissing off uh, people of color. No. No, we're, we're, we're focusing on the LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That brings me hope. <laughs> all right. So. We didn't see. We we've been fucking up. We haven't been doing our te- our teases lately. So we're we're gonna apart from from our, our beautiful tribute to uh, Little Richard and Mario's offensive attack uh, against the gay community. <laughs> <laughs> the gay community. That's what I heard. I don't know about you guys. Uh, we're we. It's just one more for the list of apologies next month. Don't worry. Show me the line. <laughs> We're going to talk to one of our IT specialists who's going to talk to us about, you know, technologies, how, how, how it's been affected in the post-COVID world. Um, we're going to talk to a guy that was at, at some point my computer teacher um, who is living through centrist hell. You know, the agony of not. The burden of not choosing a side in America. Um, 
which I, I know all too well also, and it's fucking torture every day. Yeah, you get yelled at by the wife. Yeah, if you don't pick a side, if you, if you what is it? If you don't stand for something, you stand for, you'll fall for anything. Oh, um, wow. After that, we'll have the news. Um, you know, we, we did fucking Little Richard's not the only tragic event that's happened recently. Uh, we had another loss. Um, we're gonna, um, we're gonna talk about the triumphant return of the king of New York to destroy the rap game, completely obliterate Damn. Instagram, and trigger literally every rapper that's in the business right now. So that's a, then that's a very, t- we're a little late on that topic, but it's a fucking great topic. And it's, uh, we're, we're going to explore urban lifestyles and billboard conspiracies when we get to that one. So, wow. Uh, yeah. I like that uh, we do the rundowns, but like last week, you went through the whole fucking rundown, <laughs> and then we didn't get to half of it. Yeah, we didn't get to Don Lemon being a fucking weirdo. We didn't get to the wrestling stuff, but I regret nothing. Well, good job. If we learned anything during that episode, is to never apologize. Um, then we'll talk about Amazon from Africa. So that's going to be fucking great what did you say because uh you had some lag it's gonna be great everything's gonna be great no no, no the amazon thing what, what was the topic amazon oh amazon just we're gonna talk about amazon 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 is, is i mean what do you want to you want to fucking hear a story now bro no that's fine i just we had some lag i wanted to know what it was yeah we uh we will we will talk about amazon okay later on in the show all right cool this is great um, our buddy's having trouble joining us. Uh, let me just pl- play him while he jumps on. Is he going to talk about the toxicity of our city? I would imagine so. Unless he's in here, he can't hear us. No, he would show up on the Hangouts. There he is. Oh. Are you muted? He's muted! You boomer. Do you know how to use computers? It's like one, like, it's like, like our co-workers. I know, yeah. Oh, dude. What? (laughs) There he is. Thing that you were having trouble like our co-workers every time we do a zoom meeting oh no i got over here uh that you should be able to see me in 720p oh shit i see you in uh in like nokia flip phone resolution right now oh that's probably your computer yeah probably <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> am i coming in in hd you're coming in nope. hd on mine or you're just coming in like like a cell phone <laughs> nice well, Mario looks like he's fucking doing a recording from, from like a bunker, like a terrorist bunker and shit. So you need to turn for that. Yeah. Yeah. You look like, like, like a white terrorist. I mean, <laughs> show me the lie. Yeah. All right. So we're going to want to talk to. Okay. So are we, are, what, what are, what are we calling you? Are you a mystery man today? Who are you? Mr. Man. <laughs> Just Uriel. We're gonna to talk to Uriel about some um, 
some IT stuff in the in the post COVID world. Like, it's not post COVID. We're still like mid balls deep COVID. I think balls deep. COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah, phase we're, is we're that? The shaft. So <laughs> it's not it's not it's not good right now. But uh, it won't get any deeper. Hopefully. Um, we wanted to talk about studies and how people feel about working during COVID remote meetings being more common and uh, the negative impacts of working at home or, or distractions. Well, no, not that I was actually uh, doing a little bit more studying uh, after I sent you those, those links for the, for the show notes. Yeah. And uh, I saw something on a MSNBC that actually contradicts what I had previously previously said, but I got more info on that. Uh, so, so basically, and right now what I've been seeing a lot of info on is uh, remote work is not only going to be something that was reactive to COVID uh, because remote work was already becoming more common, but now you know, with COVID, it accelerated pretty much the way that companies had to embrace remote work in order to still be able to make money and keep some people working so that their companies wouldn't fall apart. Do you think it's going to kind of turn into a more permanent thing with a lot of companies in order to like decrease like real estate costs and renting, things like that? Yeah. The, and the, it's because the technology is already there for people to be able to work from home, uh, especially in the United States where most, most people that are not in rural areas, have internet at home, it just makes more sense. Uh, for companies, it's easy. There's remote monitoring on, on company assets. Uh, there's, VoIP, there's VoIP phones. So you can get a desk phone that just connects to your Wi-Fi, and it's like if you were in the office anyway. Or you can do it through apps. I mean, yeah. basically the way that Google Voice works. Yeah, I've been, um, that's what I've been using primarily is Google Voice. Um mm-hmm to make phone calls and like, it's good because of, you know, the voicemail trans transcription and like you could have like two or three windows open. So you could actually patch like people together and like have phone calls. Like I connect a lot of customer like clients to their like doctors or whatever. And it's like super easy. It's fucking super convenient. It's pretty lovely. Yeah. And it just works. So uh, besides that, uh, most of the office work that used to be done is because, oh, they have in-house software that mm-hmm. they can't let employees use at home. But the fact is that now most of the apps are web-based or there's virtualization of apps. You can just remote log into a computer that is owned by the company or that it's something that is run by a server. And it's like you were in the office anyway. All the technology is there for, for all this remote work to just become easier and become uh, more of an everyday thing. I mean, like, that's one of the one of the first things I started seeing when when this started happening was kind of like how they were talking about the shift in attitude towards working at home and how how it's changing. I guess for the positive, but dude, like the whole I it's, for me when I was working at home, like I worked at home for the last month and a half, and I just went back last week. It was fucking far more stressful. I felt like I was like being watched, like I had to, and they wanted us to do like shift reports. So I accounted right. for every hour and what I did during that hour. And like, it was fucking like the worst. I'm like, glad I'm you're the only out. one that did that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I probably am the only idiot that did that. 
dude, I saw one of my other coworkers fucking shift report, and it was like literally three sentences. Yeah, I was like, Whoa. oh, gee. So uh, the thing that I saw on MSNBC, and uh, I'm trying to get the source where that uh, reporter got this information, because uh, they were talking to the, that one expert. But according to that expert, studies show that 60% of quote-unquote office-based work can be either completely or not, or if not at least partially done remotely. Yeah, for so, sure. So outside of the service industry or anything that you actually have to be there to, whether it's a service industry with the gig economy, delivering food, delivering whatever the hell, it anything that's really office like boomer type of uh, office, everybody needs to be in the office type of work. Yeah. Um, it's going to have to go away. Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting. Cause I mean, that it did you just kind of accelerate that because that, that was already happening. But I think that one of the biggest, you know, how, barrier. you know how much acceleration there is in <laughs> the last three months, zoom stock has gone up 88%. Yeah, I saw that they're opening a bunch of plants or not plants. Fucking, they don't make things, but they're opening like some offices in in the U.S. now, like or expanding or whatever. Yeah. So, well, actually, we so we had a whole episode about like conspiracies, COVID related, and uh, our our conspiracy expert was telling us that it's uh, Chinese and inscripted, and that they like have people's data, and he refused. He actually refused to join us for that episode on zoom because he was like, I don't want to be compromised. Well, if, if anything, and like if they, if people don't trust the technology behind zoom because it's a, at a centralized company or if it's Google, like in Google Hangouts, uh, there's actually an open source, uh, variation of it called Jitsi and uh, that can be run on a home server and it works just the same. How do you spell it? Jitsi J I T SI, I believe. Yeah, he. I was, in, I was actually going to uh, install it on my home server and test how that works. He, he, so he's like uh, worried about Zoom, but then he was like down to get on Discord or Google. Does that make a lot of sense? A little bit of sense? No sense? That doesn't make any sense to me because it, <laughs> it's the same technology. I mean, if he has an account on Discord, I mean, it's decentralized technically, but. It, it, it's the same technology. I don't understand why he would not use one over the other. Oh, he yeah. just cited Chinese, um, Chinese fucking server, not Chinese, Chinese, Chinese it, encryption. Sorry. Whatever. <laughs> well, what, what if that's the greater conspiracy is that they release COVID so that everybody gets on zoom and then they can steal our information. <laughs> and then they say, and then they take everyone's information. Okay. <laughs> they all our meetings. All right. So, so, what, what is, what has been like the, the neck, the, the home distractions? What, what do you think is, it's some? No, what I've seen is that, that there's pushback from some companies because they say that um, either the equipment to let people work from home is going to cost them more money, or that they're afraid that there's going to be less productivity. Yeah. Um, so the truth is that you know that even in an office environment, most real work is only done between four to six hours in a day yeah. out of an eight hour, out of an eight hour day. 
I, the fact I, is that uh, most remote workers are actually, they tend to be more effective in daily tasks because they dedicate the time that they would otherwise use for a commute to just get right to work as soon as they're fresh right onto their computer. I, yeah, that, that makes sense. I, I mean, that. yeah, because with, with me, I can fucking guarantee that, that like that's actually true because I became far more productive. And if it wasn't for the fact that there's just a lot less services for people to like get. I probably would have been able to like just kind of move people around to get what they needed faster. Like, because there was just kind of like that looming, like, all right, now you have to report what you're doing. And it, and it all, it's kind of like, it just shows like your work is going to be, you know, if you're making phone calls, you're sending out emails, like meeting with people, like there's just kind of like that paper trail. Like it just made me feel like, fucking big brothers watching i have to work so i feel like my my work load increased there is far more time at the office to just fuck around and like i don't know just yeah talk shit yeah because because when you're at home you're like okay i gotta get all these things done i am at home i can either bullshit or i can knock them out of the knock them out of the way and then just do whatever i want anyway i mean so so like you're you're an it dude you do like a lot of like web design stuff, right? Or like programming, like, no, I actually do. I, I can actually outfit different companies with all the different technologies that, that we already talked about, like the remote monitoring. That is actually very common, especially when they're handing out laptops to different employees. So they can know exactly what you're doing on that computer at any given point. If it's company property. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. I, I worry about that once in a while because I have my stuff on my work laptop. Nothing <laughs> crazy. I don't worry like too much, but you know, I'd, I'd hate for them to find this. This uh, not like Mario. Yeah, no, Mario's a free spirit, man. You don't see him. Hey, uh, show me your your fucking toes. That's fucked up, man. He's got these recordings of me now that he just be using and shit. I'm gonna have to sue his ass. But one of my point was that you've kind of done a lot. I mean, you've worked remotely like a lot, right? Like before this. Yeah. And that's why I strongly believe that, uh, that COVID not only uh, it's reactive for companies because remote work was actually supposed to grow about 10% year over year, starting in like 2015. But I feel that because of COVID and because everybody was so reactive, even if they're fumbling through it, you know that it's going to be a lot greater number of companies that have to incorporate at least partial uh, remote work. Yeah, I mean, if you could do 100% of your work, I don't, I don't see what the point is of going in. Like, even for for my job that that is most beneficial to do face to face, um, most of it I could do remotely. Like, you know, exactly. And you know, there's a there's a running joke. You know, like, well. Well, this whole fucking meeting could have just been an email. Yeah. Same thing. It's like, okay, we could have just done a five minute huddle on a Google Hangouts meeting and then gotten to work. Yeah, and I'm actually thinking about that. Like we we had before all this, all our meetings were in person. Everybody show up at the building at this time and we do all these extra and now like I can't even see it being justifiable to like not do that. Like Yeah. And, and right. also uh, sorry for the interruption, uh, JC here. Uh, a lot of what's just happening is that like something that would just take like walk into somebody's else desk and have like a five minute conversation. Then uh, you have to like set up some time 
on the meeting and you know uh, and then so like oh who am i gonna invite and whatever so i does i have seen like an increase of unnecessary meetings just to get like the right people in the right channel uh things that could be like five uh, minute conversation and to your uh point there's this other uh trope that it's uh the two greatest challenges for corporate america is to make ends meet and make meetings end so now it's like even worse (laughs) oh god that makes so much sense (laughs) well you know i guess like whatever time we're not spending fucking commuting to our jobs we're spending walking all of our fucking boomer managers and fucking co-workers who can't get zoom going here's here's the thing that uh this happened to me about a year and a half ago when i was working uh semi-permanently with uh 1-800-GOT-JUNK um the thing was that what is that uh, what is going on 1-800-GOT-JUNK 1-800-GOT-JUNK uh they they they're basically glorified garbage people or garbage men. Is, is, that a is that like a private garbage company? Uh, they pick up electronics, no, they, don't they? They they pick up they pick up any type of junk, as you would say. Uh, if it's if it's unusable or not donatable, then they will put it in the trash or have it properly recycled. If if it's something that's usable, if it's clothing, then they will give it to different charities or. Uh, or any type of company that will do um, like secondhand sales. Yeah, cool. All right. I did not. I didn't. I was not. Aware. That brings me hope. So I was working semi permanently with them uh, due to the fact that they were growing uh, in Chicago. Uh, it's franchise space, and uh, the people that I was working with owned three different locations in Chicago, but. Uh, uh, several different investors bought them over and now they own pretty much anything from uh, Orland Park all the way up to Rockford and from the downtown area all the way to like Batavia West. Mm. Yeah. And like, so is that is that predominantly what, what you're still doing now? Or like, has your like... Has your, like so, no, uh, my contract with them ended. Yeah, uh, but what I was getting at is that uh, since they owned so many locations, uh, upper management had to deal with so many meetings, and then it got overwhelming because then uh, middle management was having meetings about the meetings that they were going to have with upper management. So it's like, how can we condense all the information down to what the uh, upper management needs? what the owners need and what it should have been is, Hey, why don't we, what I implemented was actually getting everybody from all the other locations down into a web meeting. So you would have the managers of these other offices logging into a web meeting with upper management and just communicating directly in one single meeting, as opposed to having four different meetings. And then just kind of trickle the rest of the information down to staff as need that like on a need to know and shit. Yes. So it it was one of the implementations that I did while I was with them. And now they, they've gotten, uh, from what I've heard, especially because I still, I still talk to some of the people that work there. Um, they actually got the meeting down 
from what used to be about two hours down to 30 minutes. And that's with every location included. So the, the meetings will go longer than that yeah. if there's like a big problem or whatever. But as far as updates and, hey, here, you tell us your update from last week. Here, you tell us your update from last week. Different locations. They got it down to 30 minutes down from two hours i think that's extremely productive yeah and so like that's like i think that's a common ass problem because my girl you know me me and her started working together at home at the same time and like for the first three weeks that's all they did every single day was meetings all day every day and someone came up with the same ideas like all right this is like wildly counterproductive we're waiting we're wasting a bunch of time we should just have upper management at all the different the the locations in, in each state meet with upper management and then yeah then you have those people have meetings with you know with their team individually to just kind of get on the same page and they've like they don't they have like ha not even half the amount of meetings now so yeah. it seems like to be like a common problem yeah, I was also going to mention that, that. I mean, like, there's also the joke about, like, well, we're doing Agile. Well, um, some kind of Agile or some flavor of Agile or our own implementation, right? So, like, companies don't really – it takes, like, a paradigm shift to, like, jump into, like, the Agile wagon and, like, if you're going to go, go Scrum and how you administer those teams and whatnot. And so if you're going to do Scrum – on remote teams over the wire, it requires yet another paradigm shift. And like, you have to kind of like coach the company to get into that, to mature into that level. Yeah. Now, but with COVID, what happened is that, well, it's either that or you lose money because you don't work. So they have to just like take a dive cold deep. And uh, so now like the inefficiencies are becoming obvious. So it's like now they have a vested interest in, interest in, get, in getting into that level of maturity. But yeah, it's usually something that you coach a team into, right? And yeah, yeah, and, and a lot of it being being last minute, like it is, is like now you're you have to walk people through these things, and you have to do it remotely, which is brings a whole nother set of problems because right, right, like, trying to teach someone how to start a Zoom account, how to join meetings. I'm like, dude, just send them a, a fucking YouTube video. No, 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 I have to walk them through it. I'm like, you. So she's got to walk them through it on the phone just to get the account going. And she's got to walk them through how it works <laughs> and potential issues he might have during a meeting. And there's someone who doesn't, who couldn't pick out like the fucking input or like speaker source for his audio. Like, I'm like, dude, that's a nightmare. That's fucking horrible. Just send them a YouTube video. I'm sure there's a good, concise YouTube tutorial, but she refused to. I don't know why. Or no, and, uh, and actually, uh, a lot of companies are doing like tutorial videos, and that's actually one of the things that uh, that I did for a lot of different companies, which were procedural videos. Mm. Um, but there are a lot being done, like just by Zoom themselves or uh, whatever the company is. You can you can actually look up different tutorials on YouTube. There's very well made ones. And I don't, uh, I don't really understand why the why the step by step procedure would have to be done. I mean, if they have an in house IT, okay, but if, if it's something that that they need to learn, they also need to have the aptitude where they have to go out and look for the information themselves. Yeah, but you, yeah. you know, like 
You're going to tell that to your fucking executive director who's like fucking like a like whose friends are like Dick Durbin and like Nancy Pelosi or you just no, and then that's where it, is it your responsibility to do that is well, it part of is it part of your job to walk them through the technology it's like yeah that's that's dicey and it's like do you need to have somebody that implements it or helps them out with it Yeah, but you can see like the cognitive dissonance like in their eyes. Like, <laughs> do, do I really need to learn this? And well, I mean, yeah, sure. Like, just we'll take it step by step. I mean, don't worry, I'll walk you through it. Uh, okay, so there's a button on my screen, and uh, like, do I click it? Uh, so, and then yes, when it like you're trying yeah. to coach your boss to do that yeah, without those trying those to talk him down. Yeah, I have to. I my my direct manager cannot do computers, so like, like she, you could send her an attachment like last week, and ask her like, hey, can you pull that up? And she will just be like, no, I can't. I don't know how to do that. So like, there's a lot of people in places that are running with management that that's their like level of computer literacy, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, so uh, that's actually one of the things that that I saw in the in that report. There's a discrepancy where, uh, where is the lowest earners of remote work and the highest earners in remote work um, are the ones that are doing remote work. So, like, people with middle income are actually the ones that are working in the offices. Uh, the ones that are doing remote work are either high... Um, like high money people with uh with like sales jobs yeah. or their presidents or whatever even if they don't know how to use the the technology they're remote working yeah. and then the lowest end is like telemarketers and um uh, like customer service oh uh, it's painful did you okay so i just found out that like if you can't get into your yahoo email and and your backup like ways to get in are like no good so like you don't have the same phone number or backup email you have to pay like 60 or 70 dollars to get back in your email <laughs> jesus christ it's a service but at least they give yeah. you the option it, what, does, do some, does, do some of them not give you the option well, i mean like gmail or the microsoft would be like You're fucked. you should have thought about that i've good never, luck i've had issues i've had issues before use for years but i always managed to get back into them but nah this one was just like like sorry we can't help you and the dude the <laughs> the crazy part is that the dude's been using that account for he says 30 years um it's yahoo so i mean 30 years was what 1990 right yeah sure? yep he was yeah. using fucking dial-up and shit Yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean the the internet was there. The dot com dot com boom wasn't until like the mid nineties. Hey, but, don't be fun. I do have my Yahoo account from. No, bro, that's my <laughs> everything. <laughs> yeah, everything I have so connected to my Yahoo account, but I have no regrets, like. At all, and I and I intend on always using it. I don't know why the fuck I wouldn't use it. But 30 years, I'm like, holy shit, like that's nuts. And we're there, I guess now. Like, you could literally be, 
yeah, like fucking. Th- I'm still in shock. Sorry. Anyway, um, fucking dope. All right. I mean, do you have do you have any 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 other IT um related subject matter? No, not right now. I just thought that it was extremely interesting how something that I've been doing for about five years now, which is remote work, uh, is gonna be so common now. It's a new normal, bro. Like, look, I'm, I'm, no, no, I'm no longer special. <laughs> yeah, like, I work from home. Yeah, so does everybody fucking else. Look at this yeah. guy. <laughs> you're gonna have to go be an essential worker stocking uh, fruit on a, on a shelf to be like, you know, like, wow, you're a hero. But, uh, <laughs> but dude, it's just braid. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, dude, it went. It went from like, all right, I came, I came, started working from home. And I was going to school, so I was like, get up in the morning, get on the computer, do work all day on the fucking computer, and on Zoom, really, like on Zoom, and then get, or stay on the computer, and do a couple more hours of school on the fucking computer on Zoom, and then like, on my free time, you know, we do this, so it's like, spend a couple more hours on fucking the computer on Zoom. Amazing! (laughs) (laughs) It's been a, it's been a mild nightmare. You know, it's very tolerable, but fucking just like, geez. but I was already doing this since I was like 17. So it's not too bad. You're going to go outside with a, with a webcam and a screen and you're just going to be looking at the screen at this point. Yeah. I'm going to have a fucking microphone attached to me, some, some headphones, a big ass fat headphone <laughs> and, and a screen. Yeah, dude, I have my, my setup is fucking bootleg as hell. I actually have a, my old smartphone as my webcam. I downloaded some shit and hopefully it's no, not. actually, actually what, uh, what I've been looking into is that cell phone cameras are actually way better webcams than the webcam technology that we have right now. The C920, which is the most, uh, common webcam, especially for streamers. Yeah. The technology in that is 10 years old. And it's unavailable right now. It's yep. fucking sold out everywhere. I could tell you this because no, I, I can. I can tell you that if you're using an old phone, you're probably better off with that than even buying a, a C920 or anything. Well, they're they're like really hard to get. You can't get them on Amazon. Last I looked on Best Buy, there was no webcams of any brand, not even like mm-hmm. fucking anything. And the ones that are on Amazon, they're like charging for a fifty dollar webcam. They're charging like a hundred and up. I ordered one a month yeah. and a half ago, and I'm still no, waiting on just, it. I will tell you just just from uh, the hackery type of stuff that uh, that I've done. Just go ahead and use a, that uh, old phone. It has a better camera than than what you would get in a retail webcam. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty much got the same resolution as as the the phone does. It's got like autofocus. It's got fucking um light the light adjust like exposure adjustment. Mm-hmm. You can lock all of that. You can zoom. Like you could do all the stuff. I'm like, damn. All right. So it's not bad. I'm never gonna use the phone again. Like I don't need it. So that's my rig, and I I like it. It's fucking. Uh, if it works, it works. It's decent. But um, fucking yeah, man. Thanks, thanks for coming on, dude. Um, if you're if you're down, we'll have you on every once in a while. You know, let us know what's going on with with technology and stuff. We're trying to trying to expand our roster of people that will come on 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 a regular basis and just kind of hit like on different subjects sure thing we had our buddy Lewis coming and doing video games but he's gone MIA on us I think he he, says that that he's busy when you guys want to do this yeah he used his last life on us 
We miss him. Louis, we need. We can't do this without you. Damn, send them a message. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, bro. Well, it was good for right. you, man. We'll Thank get you right for having me. Peace, dude. Alright, bye. So yeah, man. It's not it's not often that we have just like regular straight talk and just conversation without being assholes. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was there's so many points where I was just all like, no, resist. Resist from using the soundboard. Resist. Oh, you used the soundboard, bro. This is you know, you're at the moment for better or worse, you're kinda like at the helm of everything. So you know. Beta <laughs> Yeah, you're in charge. Thanks, Daddy. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna clip that. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's terrible. Watch what you say, JC, because this guy likes to get clips of people <laughs> saying terrible shit <laughs> and just use them out of context. So, what uh, what a fucking stain on humanity you are. <laughs> there you go. So it's like, here's can I gonna get along right? Fine. <laughs> so, so all right. So I've, I mean, and and I guess in some ways I've known you for like, like six years something close to that right it's been like that yeah Probably like 2013 uh well i stopped teaching classes when david was was gonna be born uh so i'm gonna say like four years uh so yeah probably five years we've yeah. known each other um and so you were an instructor at an i uh an adult high school program that i was a part of trying to get my diploma for the second time in my life which i dropped out of so i've effectively dropped out of high school twice <laughs> once as a young lad and once as a grown-ass man who should have known better but um that's where i met you and you were our like our computer teacher right yes sort of <laughs> yeah yeah and that was like uh you did you did computer and you had another subject too though no so it was mainly computers it was word excel and powerpoint and mm-hmm. I threw in like uh, internet knowledge and that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, it was mostly what do you call authentic hmm. office stuff. Yeah, and uh, but but yeah, but you get you you'd go in deep sometimes. Yeah, I, remember, but- <laughs> I remember being like, "Oh shit, hold on, slow down a little bit." For me. <laughs> no, <laughs> just with the. I mean, you 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 kind of just talk about like how. From what, I mean, from what I remember, like you get into like, you know, how servers work and like just kind of how it works, like IP addresses and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that was a lot of that stuff was stuff that like I wasn't fully familiar with. So I was always like, oh, shit, like I got to like pay attention. But that's how I met you. And then we've just kind of been friends on Facebook ever since. And um, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> all right. So you're one of those people that I enjoy seeing what you post because um it's never it's always kind of surprising if i guess if if i if i would if i didn't know you i'd be like who the hell like what's going on with this guy um but i've known you i guess i've seen what you post for a while and and it's it's i like it because it's never like predictable it's never like one-sided and it's never kind of like part of any given narrative like sometimes i've seen something you posted and been like oh that makes sense and seen something else and been like wait what didn't we just post some other thing but that's that was part of the reason why i like reached out so that you could talk to us because uh i don't know we're we're both kind of that same way too like we're very 
probably have extreme views on a lot of different things, but on both sides of the spectrum, mm-hmm. I try to fall into the middle of everything. I, I am. I mean, fucking Van over here. I don't know about him. He's kind of weird. I, I check out yeah. all the boards. I'm knee deep in some some bad shit. Yeah, he likes hanging out on 4chan and, <laughs> and, and looking at deprived nonsense. But, You're uh, braver than I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's fearless. That, that's why he lost the will to live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, so just so your audience knows, so basically one of the assignments of the computer class that I was giving is uh, uh, the importance of your social presence uh, on uh, social media in general. So if they had an account, I encouraged them to, like, add me as a friend and uh, just kind of, like, to see if I could look for some red flags or something like that. Like, because at the end of the day, like, right now, having a social presence, uh, it has gone all, uh, all the way to HR hiring, right? Headhunters, uh, they don't care so much what your thesis was, uh, more like what your online presence kind of was. And uh, Angel here was one of the uh, only suckers who actually complied and <laughs> added me as a friend. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I was like, uh, I want to I see what he's doing. No, but so I, I guess the, the more the important lesson that I wanted to show by example, and I'm not sure if I always succeed, is that there's really no topic or subject that is off limits that we should be able to as eloquently and as uh, intelligently as possible discuss any subject as long as there is respect, right? Yeah. And so yeah. I always come up with subjects that I'm passionate about and all and behold, I end up like uh, triggering somebody and then there's a fire out of comments it's <laughs> too after but yeah and 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 you know that that's one of those things that i've been giving more thought to uh now doing this whole podcast thing because um you know my 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 main account has kind of been my only account and i do all my my part-time mild uh online trolling mm-hmm. that, on, on it and you know i have my my green face guy and i'm just like that's what I used to fuck with everybody. And I'm just kind of like, all right, I, I worry about that now a little bit. Cause it's got my name on it. Like it just mm-hmm. does not take anything, but like a simple Google search to find me mm-hmm. I'm pretty just about pretty much my, my name. So it's not, and then my shit's public and I'm just worried. Like I have a friend who started a, a Michelada company. Okay who paid an IT guy to like wipe his internet presence like as much as possible because he was worried about like anything he had posted that would be unearthed or whatever. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to, I don't know what to do. Cause that's what we do here. We mm-hmm. talk a lot of shit and uh, we, we probably uh, say very problematic stuff but here and there. Kind of like if you've seen my, if you've seen the things I post, it's basically an audio version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do, especially when we have people on, it's kind of like giving them the floor to talk about what they want. Um, and I don't know. I mean, we, I, we, I try to be fair about things, but I, I, I try to be a little bit, you know, kind of tongue in cheek about just about everything I do. I, I can't be almost positive. We're not about equality. We're about equity. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> what that guy said, but uh, so like, we'll, we'll get to it. We, we, I made you an intro because I was honored that you were going to come on, especially to discuss the topic we're, we're going to talk about, which is fucking being 
being centrists and being tortured for not wanting to choose sides and uh, the, <laughs> the living hell it can be. This is centrist hell. <laughs> That's that's like Luke. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Getting into some of these fucking conversations with people is just like torture. And especially like so so my 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 experience, right, has been I, I came from Puerto Rico. Some people are like, Well, you're not an immigrant because you guys are a commonwealth. Oh fucking okay, dude. But oh, um wow. Yeah. Yeah, so but a lot of my experience has been like that, like growing up here, coming from there, and then like you go back there and it's like, well, you're not like you're, yeah. you're fucking gringo, bro. Like you're not yeah. Puerto Rican, Puerto Rican. Then you're here and you're not really like part of this culture in, in any significant way, especially if you don't completely just like assimilate or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, just always fall never falling into like any specific little subculture and just always being kind of like, all right. I mean, do I have to hate guns and be like pro gay marriage? Like, do those things have to happen together? And apparently they do. <laughs> they do? Yeah, you can't like guns and, and gay people getting married. Hold on, I think I can do that. <laughs> but uh I know that one of the things that, that you that you said you wanted to discuss was news outlets, news outlet divides. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, well, first of all, you and I seem to have a, like a very similar background. I was born and raised in Mexico for the most part, uh, but I'm a American Mexican, so I have my mother is from American uh, ascent, and uh, yeah, like I had the same uh, experience, right? Like, well, you're Mexican here, not like Mexican, Mexican, even by Northern Mexico standards, right? And I come here, like you know, I've been raised in a very Americanized household culture for a matter of, of speaking but still i didn't have like the uh college growing up here experience and all that so i mean even though i'm somewhat familiarized with some of those topics i really didn't leave the american experience i came here when i was what 30 uh 30 years actually yeah oh you were 30 when you came here yeah wow uh, actually i spent my 30th birthday like right briefly after like three months of arriving here, like seven years ago. Um, and yeah, I was, a uh, was a very uh, Mexican and pretty much every Hispanic or Latin American. I was a very left leaning. I watched, uh, CNN, uh, re- re- religiously. And, you know, I was in those, uh, like I got like the ideology of, uh, left, good, right, evil mm-hmm. kind of thing. Right. But then, uh, at the midst of the 2016, it, it, uh, there was this interesting shift in the waves, right? Because, uh, you know, I came with an IT background, so I was, like, really following after the whole WikiLeaks uh, saga of the emails scandal. And then it started being, like, uh, well, the, what uh, Hillary said and what they didn't say. And, uh, and it just became all this convoluted, yarn ball that you couldn't even unstring and so that's when i started like okay uh, i need to expand my news outlets right but then i quickly realized that the kind of outlet that i was looking for didn't exist it was either 
a very left that was hunting down on uh, discrimination, racism, uh, minority beating of some sort, yeah. or it was like uh, really r- right wing, uh, the Muslims are coming, uh, protect your family values kind of thing. Yeah. And so, and the more I started like researching into the topic, it was, I, I came to uh, the realization that I was not going to be able to find a news outlet that would kind of align with my worldview. I would have to go to both sides and then kind of like make my own opinion uh, after it. And the 2016 election was actually very clarifying for me because it wasn't an election in favor of a candidate. It wasn't an election against a candidate, right? Like uh, fear basically drove those elections. It was like, okay, but I don't want Hillary to win or okay, but I don't want Trump to win. So even if you wanted to have like a conversation about your concerns and say, hey, you know what, like this Jill Stein, uh, like third party candidate, I I think uh, she's uh, like uh, really reasonable. She's bringing some uh, subjects that... uh, I would like to look more into it and, oh, wait, but you are going to risk a Trump presidency. Like, well, maybe I will. I mean, I saw his uh, foreign policy and, and, you know, at least on paper, it seems like some sort makes sense to me. Uh, like, uh, and that's a very important subject to me. Like, oh, so you're evil. Wait, what? Well, how am I evil? And I was uh, making a comment about like, for example, I was having this conversation with a friend about how I enjoyed uh, Tucker Carlson, right? Mm. So Tucker Carlson, I, I didn't know who the guy was. It didn't exist. And I, I mean, I didn't watch Fox News, so I had no I, uh, way or means to know him. Yeah. But then like, I, like these videos starting popping up in my YouTube, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of like working class, I don't know, propaganda, if you will, but like uh, for Fox News. Uh, I was like, well, th- this is an interesting change of pace, you know, like for the Fox News that I was, you know, grown to fear or stay away from kind of poison well, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and and then my friends were like, no, Tucker Carlson was like uh, far right. Like, no, he was actually libertarian. Now <laughs> he makes Jogo how about how he he's stupid for ever being a libertarian or whatever, right? But uh, and I was like, yeah, like he's actually like center right, and like no, well, well if he is, he's still evil, and you're dumb for following evil. Yeah. And so that's when I kind of like, like something broke, uh, like in my worldview, and then basically when I basically start seeking out for consuming news outside what would you would call like corporate media or mainstream media. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I came across like uh, podcasters. Uh, I actually like this show. You have a nice uh, Joe Rogan kind of vibe. Uh, mm. I watch almost religiously Joe Rogan, yeah. uh, Dave Rubin, uh, Ben Shapiro is a great commentator. Uh, I actually started with the Young, young Turks. So there's still a very lefty guy in me, even yeah. though people don't believe me. I, uh, as a Hispanic, I guess I still have that craving for a safety net uh, for people, right? I think I think me uh, me and this guy also kind of started because at a certain point something did shift because I remember kind of around like when Obama got reelected kind of starting to I when he first got elected I was deep into like the conspiracy world 
Mm-hmm. And when he got reelected, I was like uh kind of crawling out of those fucking swamps and like knowing now a, a lot of things that were are important, but just kind of like, all right, that was uh that was nice, but that was fucking crazy. Now we need to be a little more reasonable. And like the young Turks were were not as I mean they they were left as they've always been, but it feels like after after Obama got reelected, like something about the political discourse changed and the you know it's the the classic like the goalposts got moved mm-hmm. and suddenly the young turks were like kind of being in a more extreme version of themselves and then once fucking trump popped into the scene it was like over and it yeah. was you cannot say anything that's not damning trump without being like you are a supporter what do you mean yeah what do you mean you don't hate him? If you don't hate him, you hate me. And yeah, you oh hate my. brown people. You hate uh, everybody. Everybody under the sun. Everybody who's a woman, you just hate. Yeah, you hate women. You hate gay people. You hate you. You hate Mexican because you. <laughs> yeah. So you agree with Mexicans? Are you right. want kids in cage, right? That's what you yeah, want. Yeah, that's what you want. You want the kids like, in well, the cages. No, actually, I have this article where Mexicans actually treat people from Guatemala even worse. We actually have more incarceration. Yeah. Oh, now you're doing it. I'm like, wait, what? I mean, oh my God. So so like, you can even start having that conversation of saying like, I'm Mexican and I, I would first look into like cleaning my own house for a matter of saying before like, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I recently was, was, uh, I recently was made to defend the fact that I don't hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I like white people. <laughs> <laughs> you hate yourself because you don't hate white people and it was a little more nuanced than that but it, it really like if you distill it, it was that like how how can you not like you hate yourself like you why because i described it as like like i'm not i can't i don't feel like i could be any more mad at white people than i i am at my people for continuing some of the behaviors that we know are, are fucking problematic and we know are putting us in, in, in these circumstances that now we will be at the mercy of whatever system you perceive is keeping you down. Like if I'm running around being an idiot and I put myself in a position where I compromise myself and my freedom, yeah, I'm going to be at the mercy of, well, I don't know, I guess the people that are running everything because they've just been around for a long time. Well, they just so run probably- this country. Right. Well, right. And yeah, that's the power structure here. That's, you know, it's, that's, it's a predominantly white power structure, but I, and I don't know, I've been confused for, I've had people ask me, are you like Arabic? Are you black? Are you white? Are you fucking Puerto Rican, Mexican? Like all of it. And I'm just kind of like, I'm awesome. Right. And I don't know. I don't know how much my ethnicity has, has held me down. I cannot pinpoint to a time where i could be like yeah that right there i'm i'm here where i am because of my ethnicity like i'm here because of the choices the fucked up shitty choices i've made mm-hmm. like I, I i dropped out of high school once as a kid and once as a grown-ass man and no one made me do that i could go into like oh well you know your your, your circumstances as an immigrant child and coming from a broken fast like all right no we're not I'm sure i guess but i choose to understand these as choices i've made and this big system of hate and racism wasn't what put me here you know bro don't you know that if we put more resources into the schools around when you two were growing up you wouldn't have made those choices because you would have been educated yeah if only the government would have bought me a father when i did one (laughs) (laughs) anyway i I had to go on a rant but like 
Um, go ahead. No, but you're absolutely right. And I think like one thing that I proud myself when I was like talking here with other Americans is like, well, at least in Mexico, we have, we're over that uh, racist phase, right? Like because the hybridization started like uh, 200 years ago or even further back, back than that. Uh, so like now we, we still have like classists or those kind of other issues, but like racism, I mean, you wouldn't say like, oh, you're this white or you're this Asian. So we're not accepting any more of your kind into this school. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, if one thing, we, we don't tend to win a lot of things as Mexico. Like we did win like soccer in the Olympics and whatnot, but like, hey, guys, we're doing this. And now I'm seeing, because Mexico consumes everything the United States produce is like the, you know, the, the middle child, right? It's, uh, uh, well, more like the youngest child is uh, United States, Canada, and Mexico. So like the, the, the kid tries to emulate everything that the bigger sibling does. And it was like, now I see all my Mexican friends talking about white chickens and like white privilege. And <laughs> because there's like a white, uh, like a Hispanic or European uh, last name. And like, what are you talking about? Like, almost virtually everybody is like Perez, Lopez, Ramirez. Uh, how are you going to be able to tell them apart? Or yeah. You're going to like take a melanin test to see how brown they are. And based on that, you're going to determine if they fall into a minority box. And I think what it saddens me about the most of, on, on all this is that they don't realize how paternalistic it is. Like, especially for example, against people like with black people or, or Hispanics, it's like, oh no, we have to treat them special because otherwise they won't be able to do something, right? Like you're effectively telling them that they're not as intelligent or something, which I find insulting. They right? don't know any better. <laughs> oh no, and we, we had this, last week we had someone um, very special to us come on and explain to us how, um, well, you know, yeah, the minorities are being affected um, by COVID disproportionately. Um, and I was like, all right, dude, cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, uh, food deserts and poor hospitals. And But how about like every time I go to the fucking grocery store, there's a family six deep of Mexican kids just chilling in a corner with, with everybody. Everybody in the house came to shop and set up on this aisle. And they're just all like 10, 10 of them with no masks, just kind of walking around like there's nothing going on. And like, okay. Some people don't believe there's anything going on and blah, blah, like, cool. But just kind of like what, what we have now is kind of an agreement that we're going to conduct ourselves in a certain way because we have concerns, right? And our, and our communities are being affected disproportionately. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, well, you know, when you come from certain communities, you just don't have the, the, informa- the same information that, that other people. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, I'm like, who, who right now in the modern world doesn't know what's going on. Like they're 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 in India beating people with sticks that are outside. Like everyone knows what's going on. Fucking based. No, but to to be like, oh, like they don't they don't know, you know, they don't have the information that they need. It's like, all right. Um Yeah, and I guess that's the the, the struggling part, right? Because as centrists, you kind of like see the two tides moving away. And so uh I feel like we are becoming the an endangered species of, of some sort uh, because we're, well, well, at least I find myself trying to bridge the gap between the two sides. Like, Hey, what this guy said is not as illogical or what this other guy said, it, it has some merit. Let's, let's talk it over. 
And then everybody's just like pulling out guns and what did you just say? Yeah. <laughs> well, metaphorically speaking, right? <laughs> oh, metaphorically <laughs> speaking? <laughs> yeah, because the left doesn't like guns. Um, oh. oh, they will use guns. They just want the government to use the guns. Yeah. Well, that's a good uh, point. For example, when they're saying, well, you, you can talk about like free speech should be unlimited uh, there because there's hate speech and hate speech should not be tolerable. Like you're effectively making a point that Donald Trump should decide what's hate speech. Right. You want to give that power to that man that you despise? I mean, just so we're in the same channel, Thank right? Thank you. I mean, so like, and, and they don't kind of tight, like see this. And for me, it's like super evident. It's like, no, it's important that we're allowed to say the wrong thing because I mean, yeah, you're going to be lynched by the angry mob and then they're going to call you out and your reputation is going to follow whatever. But then, that should be enough of a punishment. You shouldn't get like doxxed or, you know, your whole future completely wiped just because you were accused in the public plaza for wrong thinking against. Yeah. yeah no, that, that whole situation kind of like just cancel culture mm-hmm. is it, crazy because the, the principle of, of free speech is that, it's the marketplace of ideas and the marketplace is run by supply and demand and supply and demand is run by necessity circumstances and fucked up shit ideas will have a platform, but just as quickly as they come about, if allowed to unfold themselves, will revert back to like non-existence because we know what is true and we know what is not. If we're able to analyze it and see how it plays out in the culture, like, okay you know at a certain point it was like oh well these people are inferior because you know because because god said so and you know they had they bear the mark of cain or you know god god made us in his image or you know we're god's people so they're inferior and at a certain point it's like all right that's cute but no now they're inferior because science science says so science says that their their brains their bodies and their biology is inferior it's like all right we we figured out there's differences, but to to now start defining inferior superior, it's like all right, cool. And now it's like the marketplace of ideas is what makes you superior or inferior. And people aren't changing shit. People are still looking at each other, being like, "You belong to this group. You suck. You're inferior. You're less than." And it's coming from both sides, from the side that's being like, "Oh no, race doesn't predicate anything. You know, we're all the same." But at the same time, they're going to look at you and just kind of put you in the box. And it's like, all right, but but except you, except white people, they they're not the same or, you know, and the white guilt thing where it's like, oh, we have to be these people's saviors to me is the ultimate. I'm not all about white privilege, but to me, white privilege is having white guilt sitting there and being like, oh, I'm sorry, little brown person. You know, you well, you didn't know any better. So it's okay. It's okay for you to do the things you do. I wouldn't do them. My family wouldn't do them. But your circumstances made you do them. So it's fine. Like to me, that's the worst type of like privilege and racism. Like I, I think white privilege is another phase of uh, some sort of uh, social growth. Um, like for mm-hmm. example, I remember like a previous stage. At least when I was, I, I think when I when I started to your point that uh, I noticed that I was not from here but not from there is when we're talking about, like, uh, the uh, Spanish conquest in Mexico, right? Like, los conquistadores. And 
And then, like, a lot of people were, like, in my classroom were like, oh, yes, uh, those damn Hispanics, they conquered us and, like, poor old Mexicans. And if it wasn't for them, we would be, like, first world country. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm sorry, but you seem to be as white as I am. So why wouldn't, I mean, maybe we came in and then fucked these people, you know? Uh, <laughs> and, I mean, like, it doesn't, you don't have to bear that on your conscience because, uh unless you're like really Catholic and believe in like four generations of carrying over of sin. I mean, the sins of your father and uh, as those at that point, it shouldn't be any of your concern. Right. Uh, but it, it, there's like an identity that does ingrain people into like inward uh, protection and outward hostility. Yeah. And yeah. It, and I, I think, I think a lot of, our people think that it absolves them of their actions too. So it's like, you know what? I'm a victim. So I have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, whatever. I, I think crime, I, mean, like, I have to do it. I have to. A, a lot of it, if you think about it, like, uh, I, I think the worst part about being in centrist hell is that if you look at politics, at least as objectively as possible, both sides on the aisle are trying to solve problems. Mm-hmm. Um, they probably don't, don't have the same means or they come to the same conclusion, uh, but they usually is like, give us more money and then we'll decide how to do A and B. Um, <laughs> one example, for example, is abortion, right? I don't necessarily want to make this conversation about abortion, but I think it's very interesting because when you talk well, about it, it's like... As, mm-hmm. as men, we have <laughs> definitely a voice in the topic, so go ahead, do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so but like if, if you talk about people on the left on the aisle they're, they're like pushing for the complete control and autonomy on women's body uh under any circumstance without any sort of scrutiny and on the right side of the aisle is the moralistic or like purity test like the litmus test like uh and so if you want to see like the extremes of these policies you have alabama on the right that will basically because life begins at conception effectively immediately immediately makes illegal to get the afterday pill right Mm -hmm. you become a murderer at that state whereas new york would allow for a termination of abortion depending on doctor and uh the mother's criteria whatever that means up until the moment of birth, which is at nine months, right? So you have the, like these two wide gaps, right? Like uh, there's a, a whole bunch of time between the moment of conception and then nine months later when the baby's about born. And if you want to drive the conversation of, well, I think, I mean, there has to be a balance when there's like maximum social outcome, but then minimum probabilities of trumping into somebody's individual rights to life. Right. So let's talk about how many weeks should be the right number. And just posing the question like that almost gets you in trouble immediately. So you, you cannot think like that. And, and that's, I think, the hardest part of centrist hell, that uh, you can't even avoid policies by their nature that they're being drafted to try to solve problems. Right. You, it's more uh, Jonathan Hyde, which is a professor uh, from the University of Columbia and he's asked like clinical psychology training and whatnot. 
uh, he says that basically politics are the new religion and uh, we basically have a faction of two religions fighting over which mindset is the proper mindset to have and then you'll be burning the pike if you think uh, the way you shouldn't think yeah and and I think a lot of it comes from I mean it's probably a million different things but I think in the absence of religion people will still find somewhere to place their faith fucking life I mean not to get all weird and existential and nihilistic right but life is fucking insane it's pretty much constant chaos and without some semblance of order mm-hmm. I don't know that a person can function and you know people want to say like oh I'm free from religion but like really people that are like like atheists or whatever like I'm I'm not I'm not religious I'm not I wouldn't say I'm an atheist either but when you don't have anything like that that's going to give you purpose you're going to fucking crumble into a ball and fucking you know die like a like a little human race and and people <laughs> use science politics and and identity in place of of that religion because it gives them purpose it gives them something bigger that they feel that they're a part of mm-hmm. and it also gives so I mean, we need a struggle, right? I, I feel, I mean, that's my, my feeling on things. It's like, we are built to pretty much be amazing <laughs> and survive. And in, in, in when we can't do that, I think that we find a way to do that. And I think that victim culture has, has pretty much replaced that big struggle, that, that hunt for the lion has been replaced by, oh, how am I a victim? Hold on. Mm-hmm. How can I give my life a purpose? Like, what is my big struggle? Oh, I know. Well, I'm I'm Puerto Rican, and uh, I don't know. I didn't get to go to. I didn't have a trust fund, and like, well, that was obviously taken from me by these people that do have it. So now I'm pissed, and now my life has purpose because I'm overcoming a struggle. You know, and and I really do feel that people people have found that, and that's why you see so many people who just are dying to be victims of something you know to find that purpose and i don't know i mean it religion is pretty much no one that you're going to talk to who's like an atheist or like real big on science is going to be able to prove anything that they've decided they believe and Mm -hmm. is the truth more than someone who's hyper religious so uh full disclosure i uh, was brought off a catholic roman catholic Catholic, so I was uh, actually the guy who would go knock on uh, every door and then talk about, even to a, a certain stage of my life, on explaining to parents why Pokemon was satanic. So I was that brand of uh, Bible banger, if you will. I mean, and, and, then, and then I went like uh, through the agnostic stage, and then I guess uh, at some point I was like a closet atheist. And then <laughs> after I realized, I mean, the, the more I started listening to uh, Jack DeLahunty and Sam Harris and uh, what they call the intellectual dark web, I end up coming full out of uh, full-blown atheist. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so to your point, I think it does make a, a there's a certain need of uh, belonging, right? Like a, a certain purpose, as you mentioned. Uh, as somebody from the IT industry, because I'm well, we didn't mention this, but I'm in computer science. Uh, I see that like 
the moment that the human being became aware of its consciousness of like it was conscious about being conscious, that's when there's there was a glitch in the system that it couldn't handle it. Like, well, well I mean, if, if I can think, I can think about other things. And is there something else thinking about me and are we all connected? And, and then just like probably in our mammal brains, we were not designed to go that step further. And so it, it's something that we inadvertently fall back into as a safety net to say, well, at least there's some order, at least there's something controlling our lives. Uh, but to your point, there's actually even this study that I was discussing with some friend that, about how like conservative and liberal brains are like in fact different, right? Like uh, yeah. it boils down how they assess uh, threats and how they assess and like in, in both scenarios, in both extremes, you're going to have issues, right? If you're on a very trusting, uh, no borders, uh, no problem, everybody's invited, uh, there should be like no nations, no country. We're all citizens of this world. Well, you might get backstabbed by some other culture or, or something. Or shot by a dirty hippie that was reading your book. <laughs> so, and, and yeah, that, that, I mean, it feels like it's common sense, right? Um, I think. I think it should be. It should be. Um, and, and, and it's true. Like if people can't, like if, if we're going to go by like how things should be, it completely discounts like the efforts that people make. And I mean, we'll, we'll kind of just always be running in circles, you know? And I don't know. I don't know. Do you think that people will ever kind of like, probably the best way to put it is overcome the need for religion. Uh, well, I mean like right now we're seeing some sort of a uh, dogma, right? Like, and so as you pointed out, like instead of placing all your faith and hopes and dreams into uh, let's say a church or an institution, now it's in a government that with enough power or enough money or the right guidance, it might help all the people. Um, and so I, I think that, uh, that need to belong and then do something about it is is still going to be there. I, I guess the key is to be aware of one's own biases. Yeah. Uh, for example, uh, another thing that is interesting is that I, I don't know if, if 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 you've gone through this exercise, but I highly encourage everybody of your audience is that if you ask somebody that is not very political, uh, like uh, well, in the political spectrum. Uh, where 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 do you fall? And they wouldn't normally say oh, center. Well, oh, whoa, what do you mean center? I mean, like, uh, what uh, are you like uh, capitalist or not capitalist? Are you looking for a centralized uh, government? Are you lo- looking for uh, higher education programs or whatnot? And usually, the the response is more emotional. It's like, well, no. I mean, I, I really don't look into those things, but I'm a reasonable person, right? I'm an intelligent, reasonable person. And so, therefore, I have to be in this in the center because I'm centered, right? And I'm like, well, that's not how the political spectrum really works. I mean, you you can either be like completely far left and be very smart, very eloquent, like Noam Chomsky, or you can be completely far right and uh, like probably I'm sure Ben Shapiro would, but I mean, he's very uh, capitalistic and whatnot. Doesn't doesn't make you immediately like an extremist. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's uh, revive the the rake and uh, bring the new Nazis into the U.S. United States all over, right? So, well, and it's um, 
it kind of goes back to to the point that you were making how the there's i mean i don't know that there i i can't say that there's like a biology to the conservative uh, brain or or left-wing brain but they do find that there are differences in i guess you know styles of intelligence mm-hmm. with, with those political leanings you know because conservative people are more disciplined and they are more likely to have more, more neatly mm-hmm. right. more how dare you guys how dare you <laughs> and they're, they're but they're more likely to have lower levels of education despite having the the discipline and and, and things like that and then left-wing people are, are more creative they're more creative minded and they tend to be higher on the educational level mm-hmm. uh, so that but then it's like fucking then that sounds like the perfect balance to kind of come together and figure some shit out like and it, and it's fucking wild that like that seems to be like inconceivable. Now, I do have faith that what what, what would be our children, right, will be kind of hopefully have all of that, like that foundation of like, all right, we went through this, and it, and it feels like um the the political shift and the things that kind of came out and became so evident during the twenty sixteen election feels unlike anything that's happened before but i've not like i wasn't there when kennedy was around or any of this mm-hmm. but it feels different and it, no, feels- it, it totally was you can look at the their political studies on how there's actually i mean it, uh, they basically polled a uh, number of americans uh, uh well uh, i'm sorry political news outlet did uh, a piece on the pew research so you can look at the pew research data and basically you can see the bell for the conservative platforms and the liberty platforms, and they just go splitting little by little. Uh, also, Tim Pool makes a very interesting. If uh, he was like a in the field reporter, and now he does more like a YouTube podcasting, and he actually talks about how, I mean, a, a lot of it is economic driven. Is uh, corporate media they're looking into selling clicks and news and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it's not like CNN is trying to lobotomize people into being liberal is is more like the opposite is that there are more liberal people and then if you try to uh, put like a neutral uh document or something like that the left will say well that's too far right for me and the right will say well that's too far left for me and it will be ignored right. so that's, there's no market uh, and that, that this goes back into my previous rant about like news outlet right so basically what they've been doing is that they're both Fox News and CNN and whatnot. They would hire uh, reporters, anchors, and whatnot that are aligned to the kind of news they want to produce. So they want they want to make sure that uh, they produce the right outcome. In IT, it would be the equivalent of saying, "Well, if you want to produce Java develop uh, software, you hire more Java developers, regardless if they have ten years of IT and whatnot." Uh, oh, but this guy is you know he's a veteran. He has fifty years. And he's a Microsoft C Sharp or whatnot. Like, eh, that's not what we're looking for. It's kind of like that. I mean, they, they hire people with that mindset so they they know they're going to produce what they're trying to sell because they already identify the market. And we are the product, right? And I think that's the important thing that if we allow ourselves for them to drive the conversation instead of us, I mean, we're losing friendships over this, right? And I think that's the sad part. That I mean, like, I truly believe that each and all of us holds at least one very stupid idea 
uh, an idea that you would try uh, would, you know, almost get you killed or, you know, something like that. But if you don't allow yourself to say it out loud, how is anybody going to contest it? How is anybody going to challenge it? And how are we going to move forward as a society, right? So I think that's, that's the exercise that needs to keep happening. As painful as it feels sometimes, uh, we need to keep trying. And uh, I think that's where being courteous uh, and respectful doesn't matter how insane the conversation goes. It's key. It's paramount to have this dialogue because then it becomes more like who can trigger the other person sooner so I can discredit him uh, for losing his cool and therefore all his ideas are wrong. All right. So then we're going to have to re reconfigure our podcast because I don't think that we're going to be able to solve things with our current model. Uh, <laughs> that sucks, man. Okay. I thought we were going to change the world through uh, humor. I don't know. I mean, I'm here and going back to the elections, I mean, I did say that people are voting against and it's because they, they don't find the person that they want to back up. Right. And so they go backing up somebody else begrudgingly just to make sure that somebody else doesn't win. Right. And it happens the same with news. And I think that's, Despite uh, even like YouTube's and Twitter's efforts, that's why like podcasters are having a, a moment now more than ever because that's the kind of voice that we connect to. That's the kind of ideas that you. I mean, I, I thought I wasn't as crazy as I thought it would be, and this guy's making complete sense to me. So I, I want to hear more of that. So I, I really appreciate having these kind of spaces, and more than anything, honored to be here, uh, so you can hear my babbling. That brings me hope. <laughs> Uh, and and that that's part because you know we i think that we we usually we we often approach sensitive subjects like uh like like disabled children but you know i mean there's there's still some some kind of i i am always trying to at least even if it's through humor or just through pointing out the ridiculousness of certain concepts and mm-hmm. it usually doesn't land where it should um you know kind of at least highlight some of some of where the conversation can go you know and like once in a while we get super serious and once in a while we spend like an hour talking about why the fuck there's not a fat balding ken that's not (laughs) we try to keep it positive you know (laughs) know, like so we, we we we'll we'll do like stuff like that but at the same time it's like all right i'm gonna crack a joke about you know ken why don't we have fat ken but at the same time it's like um on a serious note, it's like, all right, where, what, what does it mean, like, you know, to have, right, Barbies that are inclusive of, like, different body types, right? Uh-huh. And what do you do to boys when, you know, to this day, the the uh-huh. image of a man is still the same image that it was when, when G.I. Joe first came out, right? Uh-huh. And, and we were trying to battle toxic masculinity and we're trying to battle all these different elements that are problematic but at the same time all right cool so at what point are you going to tell boys that it's cool to not have to fucking be like a soldier or like he man dude he man i was big on k man and like he was (laughs) insanely ripped as hell right like yeah no well i was was big into wrestlers oh no well you know what he man was pretty homoerotic he man was like uh (laughs) conan the barbarian with a flash cordon yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, there's that impossible haircut. and then there's that with the bob cut with the, the bob cut. cut the little shorts <laughs> so uh this is not live right so i can go and take a one minute bet yeah go ahead <laughs> <laughs> sorry 
See, this is the kind of entertainment we bring in that almost positive. The yeah, deep you know intellectual stuff. You see that, everyone? Not- see that, audience? We're not all about gay jokes and, and uh, racist jokes. We can get deep. Well, and this is this is a momentous moment because <laughs> this is our first, uh, our first uh, whiz, whiz break. Oh, you shit. Know? How do we like, handle whiz breaks? I need a fucking soundbite of somebody taking a piss. <laughs> oh, you should have a fucking toilet flushing. Yeah, that'd be uh, good. But yeah, no, you know, the only the only podcast I know is the most official podcast is Joe Rogan's the only one that has like uh, whiz breaks. Oh, yeah, because they, they be drinking on it. Yeah, no. We're, we're, we've just probably gone on. We, you know, we, we've committed to yeah. provide an hour and a half of enlightening, constructive conversation, but we're going over today. It's all right. I'm down to go over. This has been a very constructive conversation. I think for those who are needing, you know, our serious content, we'll be happy that we're, you know, producing something uh, out into the sphere that's positive. Maybe we once. can apologize to someone for, for not being as we could yeah we could so we 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 were uh discussing that we feel uh that much more official now that we've had our first uh our first whiz break like like you know like in joe rogan everyone at one point someone's got to go and use the bathroom real quick (laughs) it's a moment moment for us i have the smallest bladder in this world (laughs) um but yeah man so it's basically torture being in centrist hell we i made an intro and then i was like you know what fuck we're not gonna have an outro because we're stuck in this bitch (laughs) (laughs) we're stuck in centrist hell so like that was kind of like a twilight zone thing we came in and we're just we we never got played out it's like uh an inception to the dream are we still in centrist hell you you, you thought you got out and then you see the top spinning still (laughs) um but yeah, do, I mean, so so usually we we do you know we have like our guests on and we do that, and then we yeah. we do the news. Do you want to stick around for the news? Do you want to take off? Like, what do you want to yeah, do? Yeah, no, I'll stick around for the news. And also, I wanna when you were talking with your previous guest, uh, because we said eight thirty, and so I wasn't sure if you already started or not, or you were just like uh, warming up. So and then uh, that's why I was like cracking yeah. up a joke here and there. And I was like, oh, is this? I don't know. We we I don't have like a radio voice that you could be like, oh shit, he's on air right now. Well, <laughs> it's <work>. official. <laughs> but yeah, so so we'll I mean well yeah we'll hop straight into the news. We don't have a lot of news, so we usually try to stay within an hour and a half. Okay. We're not gonna cut any good conversation short. That's good. Ever. All right. Yeah, let's get into the news. News pendejos. Oh, <laughs> that's good. See, I like that one better than last week's, man. Oh, you didn't uh, appreciate last week's the cocksuckers? Yeah, no, we felt attacked. Okay, <laughs> why? All right, I won't go into that. I won't ask why. Yeah, stop. Yeah. So, all right. So we got we got a lot of no, we don't. We don't have a lot of news today. Um, has not been an eventful week. It's all fucking coronavirus talk all the time, constantly. Um. I know, I know. Donald Trump got it out. Got fucking. Um, he didn't get. He didn't get chased off stage or anything. But he he got upset and walked off stage on on an, on a on a reporter lady, I guess, because uh, she wanted to know why he's treating everything like it's a fucking game of softball and like why everything is like a competition to him. And he was like, I don't know. Why don't you ask China? And the lady was like, Why did you ask me that? And I guess she was Asian. Something. 
She might not even been Asian. She might have been like uh, that type of Mexican with the squinty eyes. <laughs> no, I think she was Asian. Oh, okay. We can't just yeah. assume people's races here. We're almost positive. Well, he's like, he's like, listen, bro. Um, I would have like said the same shit to anyone else that told me. He would have, yeah. question. So I don't know. Listen, but I thought it was pretty, pretty hilarious. If you're not but, first, you're second, and second is just the first loser. That is true. That is true. But I mean, that was a big fail. I think that I think Trump should have stood stood on stage and uh, he should have stood his ground. And I think that the so he was like, all right, now nah, I want to talk to someone else. And then when he passed it to the other chick, the other chick was like, nah, why don't you answer her first? So that's why he stormed off stage, which was fucking hilarious. Next time, drunk, stand your ground. Yeah, I don't know. I pro- I probably would have fucking gone off stage. I would have been like, all right, you guys, fuck off. But, but um, but yeah, that, that that was just a little tidbit that I wanted to share, even though we didn't have a clip for it. Um, the big news, the big news this week, and we're fucking late on it too, was the triumphant return of like the king of New York, man, from from federal prison, I think. JC, I know you know who Takachi Six Nine. Uh, DJ, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's uh, produced we're, we're, such great uh, hits uh, like. I tell a nigga, don't dick ride, don't blink ride, leave it to the double thick thighs, twin sisters. Drop it down and wobble, wobble up. Mommy booted up. She get down and gobble, gobble up. Cause my money up. Slide, slide. Real intellectual shit right there. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very important music. He's the voice of a generation. And like, that's literally true. Um,. Well, yeah, he so he came, dude, he came out of jail. He went to jail making all this noise and he was just like blowing up. And then he came out of jail and he made, he got on, he got on Instagram live and like within five minutes had two million viewers, which I guess is like their largest audience ever for anybody. Um, and that, that in of itself, like, dude, if you go on YouTube and you watch people reacting to that video, each one of those videos had that's like thousands and thousands and some of them hundreds and thousands of fucking views and up so it's like it's it's fucking ridiculous like if we would we should have made a fucking youtube video reacting to his video our, our analytics are gonna go skyrocket just from like this yeah. yeah we should so the episode art for this one should be like uh like us dressed like takashi or something I'm done. So we, we already like, got one picture already done so <laughs> so yeah sorry jc we're just gonna replace your segment with the yeah we're gonna do Josh Kong thanks for coming your... apologies to matt kim <laughs> so, this dude yeah and he releases a video and like within 24 hours he's got like fucking 30 million views like just ridiculous nonsense and like everybody in the rap community is upset because he's a snitch and he's very he, he's very proud of having of being a snitch um which I think is hilarious. And everyone's just talking about it like, oh, the, the street code, the principles. Like, you have to you have to preserve that because it's important. You know, it's, it's not the reason why we've got fucking endless crime cycles in our communities that don't end because no one will say who the fuck shot or, you know, this dude's cousin. It's, it's just bad. You cannot snitch. So his whole thing is like, bro, look, these people robbed me of like millions of dollars while i was out making money for them like they were my fucking group of lackeys that were just leeching off of me they banged i guess they banged this baby mama which is hilarious because you know that's on you um they were gonna kidnap his mom or some crazy shit like that 
and they kidnapped him and beat his ass on camera and like uploaded it. So it's like everyone that's mad at him for snitching always fails to mention that part because I, I'm not gonna say that it's it was good for him to snitch, but I'm saying like how many of these people that are mad at him for snitching would it just what taking one for the team? This is the first time I'm hearing all of this. Now, now I understand why he snitched. Wait, hold on. So, so you were just one of the people that's like, oh, he snitched. He's fucking. I just didn't give a fuck. I was just all like, he's just gonna get butt raped in jail. Congrats. Well, no. So, so he snitched, and he snitched on, on all his people, and it's because they were they were stealing money from him, and they yeah they had a plot to kidnap his mom. They they grabbed his ass and beat the shit out of him, and they have most of the crew uh, wiretapped, planning like to kill him. Well, that's, that's, a, why- that's the thing is like TMZ, I'm sure, is going to side with everyone else, you know, as far as the other rappers so that they don't piss them off. Well, it's mixed. I don't know. I don't watch TMZ, although I should because it's very enriching uh, programming. But <laughs> it's it's like everyone's just like fails to mention that his people were going to fucking kill him. It's like I, I feel like that's a crucial part of the conversation. Um, Cause then, if you're still down with the whole no snitching thing after like your entire crew wants to kill you, then you know I applaud your conviction to the street code. But like that seems fucking dumb as hell. I mean, can you speak? Thank you, thank you. Can you still call it snitching? I mean, if you're uh, on our side of the block, yeah, I guess snitching. I mean, it's still snitching. They're still calling him a rat. We call it the do wop. Right, but I mean, like if you know they want to murder you and your family, and then you go to the cops and saying, "Hey, these guys." So. I mean, is that still snitch? Because you were supposed yeah, to snitch is somebody that, that enjoys certain protection, and this guy went to jail, right? Now, okay. see, see, the man thing would have been he should have gotten a whole new crew and killed that old crew, and then went to jail for murder. It's a fucking Shakespeare story, basically. I mean, like legit though, in real life, like yeah, no, I get what you're saying because that's kind of what he brings up. It's like, how am I gonna? What, what was I supposed to do? Go to jail for forty years? That's what he was facing. Forty years to do a bid for people that were like literally plotting to kill him. Like they, they broke the street code, street code of loyalty when they were doing all this shit against me or plotting it. Why would I do 40 years for them? Like that's, this is why we need an expert on to tell us where that stands on the, on the pedestal. It's like snitching is a higher code breaker than the loyalty thing. Like you could, you could, you could stab your boy in the back, but you better not snitch on him. When, yeah, when is it okay to snitch? And that's one of my things. It's like a lot of these, I'm, I'm one of those like uh, conspiracy people, right? But a lot of these street codes, really, all they do, to, in my fucking opinion, is guarantee that this cycle and culture of poverty continues. Because you hear it, like if you, if you listen to talk to cops talk about like certain neighborhoods, it's not the neighborhood. It's like 10 to 15 dudes that are fucking crazy. They got guns that are willing to do whatever the fuck they need to do to sometimes to have fun and sometimes to like get money who are causing problems for everybody else. But then there's this culture of not snitching. So this dude goes and shoots whoever Fulano de Tal and shit. If we're in a, if we're on 26th street Um, and no one wants to say who the fuck did it. And everyone knows who did it. Everyone on the block knows who did it. Everyone on the block could be like, it was this person, but no one says anything. All that does is guarantee that that shit just continues because now you killed this dude's cousin. So now that dude's cousin is going to come and kill you and they're going to, and it's like endless. 
And I feel like this is part of the culture that guarantees that this is where we're going to be stuck. Look, you know? all they need is education. She. And 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 it's it goes it's the same as like the whole the, just that talking like oh you you sound white why you talk so white like the fuck you mean like I, I'm just speaking in English to you bro like what do you mean I sound white and and that that too is kind of like oh well if you have like this proper way of speaking or proper you know it just is kind of established English like I mean understandable English that most people would speak it's like oh you've betrayed us yeah yeah I have a friend that uh, I mean is as black as it comes right and he has uh, like hollywood levels kind of uh eloquency when he talks english <laughs> it's, it's like oh i'm very really sorry i uh came late into your house as you invited me i would very much like to apologize in advance and how can i make and obviously the guy always gets like oh you talk so white why, why are you so white and uh, like well no i mean like i like basketball and i i just well, you know speak differently and so yeah, he's like he's not black enough just because he wants to, you know, do better for himself. I mean, that that like growing up and you know, so here we go, guys. First, we gave you may, the male perspective on abortion, and we will give you the black, non-black perspective on uh, black matters. But the the notion of like people sometimes feeling anxious or or unwilling to speak a certain way because in their community they're going to be ostracized and what that means when when you're ostracized by by the community that you're coming from that sometimes is lacking like proper support and now you're not even being supported by the people that you're kind of around because you have different interests you know i did an interview um this morning with someone for something else who went through that he grew up in the south side of chicago but he went to school outside of the district with you know and it was a mixed community but it was all upper class mm-hmm. and he he went through that his entire life which was like oh well he went to to school outside of his neighborhood so it's like oh you know he was a black kid and they he kind of got treated differently but then when he come back to his neighborhood he wasn't part of that either because he oh you're out there with these people and you know you you like this and you like that that they also like so like you're not really part of us, you know? And that created a lot of resentment in him towards really both sides because he didn't, he obviously wasn't going to fit into the community that he's not from, but then the community that he was from was also kind of like ostracizing him in a way for, and in a lot of different, in in a sense, not being that stereotype that we're in many ways fighting against, right? Like as minorities, even if not from that community, like we're all against the stereotypes. Oh, we don't want to be perceived like oh, Latina Latin women shouldn't be perceived as as sexual fucking creatures. But uh, check out J Lo and Shakira <laughs> at the fucking Super Bowl halftime. Um, just don't fetishize them because it's wrong. <laughs> what? Guess what, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> That's the wrong one, bro. Oh, you um, want like a Spanish one? Like <laughs> guess what? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, not like that. That that shit is like that's part of that's you know this is an extension of fucking centrist hell. But it's like there's no middle ground for any of these things, and there's no room to have the conversation. Like, all right, you know what? We're in the hood, and we're making it worse for ourselves. Let's the things we have control over. Let's fix those first before we expect 
the rest of what society, the world, the structure to to adhere to what to give us what we need or or like I mean, and I know that's not always the mentality, but at the same time, come on, like let's reel it in. Let's take responsibility for ourselves. Hey, uh, get off your soapbox, gringo. All right, my bad. Um, and so so speaking of the hood, you know, we uh we have some news from Tanzania. Took me a lot of word, a lot of word. See, <laughs> a lot of words. It took me a lot of practice to get that shit right and be able to pronounce it. Good job. I have the big words. Huge words. Huge. <laughs> I, and I know the best words. They're the best. Never seen before in the history of mankind till now. Look at this guy. <laughs> Um, so apparently, uh, the president of Tanzania, whose name is John Magafuli, and that's a fucking great name, kicked out the World Health Organization. He told him to hit the bricks because uh, that the coronavirus tests are faulty and it's a big conspiracy by the Chinese. Based. They and they're predicting they they were saying that like sixty percent of uh, positive results are like not true or something like that. But they kicked these people out. Because they tested a uh, a fucking goat, and <laughs> they tested a goat, a quail, and a papaya, and they all came back positive for coronavirus. So this is like either the fucking craziest, most pervasive virus that has ever existed. And papaya, as in the fruit, the fruit. Man. Yeah, papaya. The fruit. We're not talking about that. Mammal, no, 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 we're not talking or something that it's also called. No, papaya. it's some gay dude that lives in Africa. They call him papayas. We're uh, not using um Latino euphemisms for vagina. <laughs> 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 we're talking about the real fruit. Um, yeah, tested positive for papaya. I they, thought this swab went up the nose. I mean, I don't. So, <laughs> so what they did was they um they they didn't tell them they were doing that. He kind of already had it in his mind that this was kind of like a conspiracy. So what he did was he had some of his people test, you know, non-human subjects. I don't know, it's a papaya subject, um, yeah. in order to disprove the tests, um, which I guess he, in his in his eyes, successfully did. He fired a bunch of his own people. He told the, the World Health Organization to fuck off, and they also tested motor oil, and the the tests were inconclusive. But that's what's going on in Tanzania. They're woke. They, they, so India found a bunch of, uh, of evidence that some of this might be, uh, that, 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 that the tests were not reliable, but, uh, I don't know. No one trusts India or Tanzania. So we're just going to keep getting tested. And you know, what we need hiding. to start doing is following the money. Who's funding these tests? Where's, oh. where's all this, uh, coming from? Who's making right. a profit? Do you have information? No, I, I'm just asking for next week. Stay tuned, guys. Next week we'll have answers. Yeah, we'll find out who the f apparently it's Bill Gates. Oh, fuck. Well, yeah, it's Bill We're Gates, George Soros, all these same people. This is George Soros, Bill Gates, and uh, David Rockefeller. Sure, and you can throw in Takashi Six Nine on that too. Uh, Jay Z, no, Jay Z. Jay Z, the the run. <laughs> He's part of the Illuminati, and so you know, there's there's Amazon is now asking Congress to pass federal laws restricting price gouging. Um, we were just talking about webcams earlier. And fucking a $40 webcam right now is $140 if you go on Amazon. And so they're they're asking Congress to pass a federal law restricting, you know, price gouging because from each, 
each state from state to state has completely different laws. So I guess it's a clusterfuck to enforce a business policy like through themselves. I don't know why they can't just prevent price gouging. Yeah. Um, seems kind of like a weird thing. But it, it also makes me think like, oh, well, you know, this is the yeah. type of thing like the Patriot Act. That's like, let's pass all these restrictive business laws because we're in this circumstance and then just kind of applies to everything else, you know? Yeah, I wonder what, why they think that they cannot do it, that the government will be able to. Right? Yeah. I mean, reading reading the article, I, I was expecting like an actual explanation as to why. And I, I mean, I guess their explanation is that each state has different laws. No, I can see it that they want to undercut everybody else and they want to stay ahead of the curb and sell everything cheaper. So you force all the other yeah. businesses to stay at a certain level. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. I didn't this take is, an economics class. I just know things. This is what we're here at almost positive to do to bring clarity to very complex subjects that uh, could easily be tackled by two high school dropouts. And you're actually educated. So you, you <laughs> might have some more merit than we do. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty probably anything that we talk about. <laughs> we're going to get an economist to comment and just be like, you guys are all wrong. Brr. Yeah, eventually I'll, I'll get someone who who knows what's going on more than, than we do. Cause every time we, I mean, we, so we have a friend who on a weekly basis, as soon as we release the episode and he listens to it, hits us up on Facebook and gives us a full review of the episode. Oh. So far, so far he feels that like two out of our six episodes should have ever been like released. <laughs> so he wants us to stop apologizing too. Yeah. He doesn't like when we apologize. But that's how big we are. We can apologize for mistakes we've made. Yeah, he's confused by the fact that we addressed like an audience and we don't have an audience. He's confused by the fact that we apologize for things and then like make even worse jokes about what we just apologized for. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to, I was like trying to explain to him that uh, it's a joke, but he didn't get it. Yeah, he's like, if I don't understand the joke, your audience is fucking hopeless. Like they're never gonna get the joke. I was like, "Oh fuck! Should we just not? Should we just not do a podcast? Just call it a day or what?" But um, he's great. He's actually one of our best guests. I know I can't trust him. He's a Jesuit. Yeah, yeah. But that's you. You're a fucking bigot. You're a bigot. Well, actually, speak, speaking, speaking, speaking of bigotry, what, what what was the last topic you wanted to get into, Mario? I know you have some insight into some of the news. What? I don't have anything. <laughs> you don't have anything, bro. What do I have? You have fitness news about jogging. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, we got to figure out whether we're on the side of the joggers or not. Yeah. So, all right. Before we before we just completely, like, fuck this subject up. Do you know anything about uh, that story, um, JC? The guy with the mask that got hospitalized? Uh... Oh, no. no. The jogger who was shot. Uh, I got his name was right here. Uh, Ahmed Aubrey? No? So run it down. Uh, do you want me to run it down, Angel, or you got it? I don't know, man. You, yeah, I'm going to let you do it. That way, if, uh, that if way I could... Yeah, that like, way, just plausible <laughs> deniability? Yeah, this guy said all oh, that. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, so the situation was that supposedly there was this gentleman who was uh, breaking into houses. He's seen on footage at a construction site. Um, he is, uh, chased by two gentlemen 
who were armed attempting to make a citizen's arrest. Two hillbillies. Well, I don't want to put a racer anywhere into this. Two gentle people. Two gentle people were trying to make a citizen's arrest. They confronted the man with armed with a shotgun and in attempting to detain him, uh, the gentleman, the, uh, the, the athlete, the athlete, um, grabbed the shotgun. Uh, it went off twice. And then on the second one, it shot him. So he like basically died on site. Uh, so now it's turning into a whole racism thing. And whether those people were just, uh, you know, making a false accusation and just trying to harm somebody based on, you know, their skin color or whether or not this person was actually breaking into places because he wasn't obviously uh, doing jogging in Timberlands and carrying around sure. hardware. Yeah, so apparently apparently he was seen running out of a house. The house apparently was under construction and the people that saw him chased him down thinking he was breaking into the house and it ended up with the dude getting shot. Um, and the two people that chased him down were two two good old boys, and yeah. uh, the dude that got shot was a black dude. And you know now it's like, did they was he just exercising? You know, like he was jogging. These people saw a black dude jogging, so it's not even safe for for black people to jog because obviously these people are preying on on minorities and shooting everybody, and it's just turning into. Um, like the George, what was his name? Zimmerman? Trayvon and, Martin. It's turning into Trayvon yeah. Martin all over again. Yeah. Um, and it's it's been all over the news. I mean, like a lot of people are pissed about it and a lot. It's just completely one of those totally divisive topics that's like you have to you have to pick a side. I always tell people, like, dude, if there's somebody harassing you, like you can stop and just be like, Hey, what the fuck is your problem? Oh, you're gonna call the cops? Well, let's let's have them show up and then we can explain this whole situation, and then you can look like an idiot. If you're wrong, or if I'm if I'm in the wrong, then I get taken to jail. Fuck it. I don't know, man. If you call the cops and you're anything but white, you're gonna get shot. Well, I'm I'm not white, so it's never happened to me. In fact, you've been on with me on multiple occasions where the cops just look at me for being an idiot and then just let me go. That's your white privilege. <laughs> this, dude, this guy is so incompetent that when the cops pull us over, they look at him and talk to him, and they're just like, you know what? Just, just go home. Just go. I had an they experience. Dude, okay. Go ahead. You can go to the story. We were driving around. The cop pulls us over. And he's like, hey, did you know that your license plate was expired? And this fucking guy says, yeah. You know how long it's been expired for? It's like uh, <laughs> for like three or four months. And the cop's like, were you going to like do something about that? And this fucking guy reaches to his back into his back seat pulls out the license plate and he goes like yeah i have it right here i was gonna do that it's just i, I have it the cop just gave us this fucking look like you guys are fucking garbage please get out of my face Man, look home. he could have gave us a citation or a ticket but he went he went easy on us even though we're two hispanic gentlemen yeah but he, but you were he, he was just like this guy's so fucking dumb what am i gonna do and he was airing as they come yeah and he, he, I don't know. I've never had a bad experience with, uh, with the police. You know? Well, when you were driving with a black person. 
Yeah, and I one one time I was driving with with one of my guys, and we were actually smoking a blunt. And so we you were had breaking the law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's always crazy when they're like, they stopped me for no reason. Like, oh shit! But but like, then you got caught with weed, and you were smoking it. Yeah, but they they didn't know that. Oh, all right. No, but yeah, so we had just sparked up the blunt, and uh, cop pulls us over. And fucking car is filled with smoke. And he's like, do you have anything else? And the blunt I gave him was like the size of like a fucking giant Sharpie, like one of those crazy ass. Yeah, it was like a big ass cartoon. It was like a cartoon blunt. Like I gave it to him. He was like, what the fuck? And he was just like, you have any more? And I was like, no. But in the door, I had a fucking ounce of weed, which was at the time very illegal. Um. And so he came, he he went to his car. Well, he was he was black too, so I think, you know. He went to his car for fucking half an hour and came back with five tickets. He didn't do shit about the weed. He gave me a ticket for a busted windshield, which I did not have. Broken headlights, which I did not have. Turning on a fucking right uh, during a red light, which I did not <laughs> do. Like, he just went fucking ticket crazy. But I'm glad that he didn't, like, you know, tow my car and arrest me. And he was trying to teach you a, a lesson and then just kind of give you like a fair punishment without ruining your life. Or a something. fair punishment and fill his quota. So it, it was, it was yeah. <laughs> so we win. Yeah. I wasn't. So we win. Dude. And so another time I'm chilling by the lake and me and one of my other guys are chilling and we both have half an ounce of weed in our pockets and we're smoking. And the cops on the bikes with the nice shorts show up. Fucking all strapping and fucking glistening in the sunlight. And they're like, hey, are you guys smoking weed? And we were just like, uh, well, we were in the middle of smoking a blunt. So it's like, yeah. They're like, oh, well, you have to dump it. I'm like, fuck. So we throw the blunt in the fucking, in the lake. They're like, do you guys have any more? And I'm like, fuck. Like these, we're, you know, we're fucked. They're going to search us. So I'm like, yeah, yes, officer, I, I have more. And he like made me dump out all my weed into the fucking lake. And my other buddy was like, no, I don't have any more weed. These fucking cops searched us. They searched. They reached in his pocket, his tight ass jeans, where he had a big ass ball of weed. Felt it. I know they felt it because you could see the fucking bulge from his pants. <laughs> he felt it in his pockets and just let him go. And I'm like, dude, I just throw out my all my weed, my whole stash. And I think the cops would have just let us go and shit. That shit was horrible, man. Maybe they reached for his other bulge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, I think they might have. I think they might have. But um, I think it's a gun. Wait. Yeah, are you just happy to see me? <laughs> is that is that an ounce of weed, or are you just happy to see me? But yeah, no, those are those are my encounters with the police. You know, I think no. my white privilege has has kept me safe for a while. No, anytime I've been arrested, I have rightfully so been arrested because I was on some stupid shit. Yeah, that's true. I agree with him. Every single time, like even times when you weren't arrested, like you should, like that cop that let you go for the license plate, I would have taken you in. I would have given <laughs> you tickets just for being fucking dumb as hell. Like. I wouldn't have even pulled the license plate out and shown him. Like, yeah, no, I've had it for like three months. Because he asked, when the fuck did you buy that? It's like three months ago. Like, are you serious? I'm a busy oh. man, you know. Oh, man. You know, I mean, so that that's our positivity. That's what we're going to leave the people with today because that's a beautiful, inspirational story. 
there is some hope. When, when faced with the plea, you might, if you cooperate, <laughs> fucking horrible. Yeah, no. Just be nice. Be nice to the. Be nice to each other. Be nice to the cops. Be nice to one another. Be nice to everyone in the hood. Hold on. Do you have anywhere that, that you want to be found at, JC? Do you even want to be found? Oh, like uh, my social media or something? Yeah. Uh, I basically go by, you know, this a slash uh, Persebus with a C. P-E-R-C-E-B-U-S. Uh, so I have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I, uh, pretty much all over. Uh, nothing interesting to find, I guess. Uh, but yeah. Well, you have you have a lot of cool photography, so I, I think that's that's worth looking at. Oh, um, and yeah. so you know, we're on Twitter at the underscore real almost, which fucking I really want to buy the rights to our actual name one of these. That's the goal. That's the, the goal. goal. Enough money to be able to buy the our Twitter handle from whoever the fuck owns it. That's right, yeah. listeners. One day we'll have a Patreon and an almost and an OnlyFans, and you can. Give us money so we can buy the right store names. One day we'll sell you our socks and our used underwear for, for money. But until then, we'll just talk into the microphone. Um, we're on Instagram at dot posit- wait, at almost.positive.podcast. Um, fucking then same shit. And whatever streaming service you like to listen to uh, your podcasts on, we're pretty much on. iTunes, Google, Stitcher. Spotify, all the all the official big names, you know, because we're 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 writing deep like that. We are on all the streaming services that matter, <laughs> and a few that don't. Exactly, I agree with that guy. You should have him on the show more often. Um, but anyway, so what what happened to the music, man? You don't have to fucking. What's going on? I'm just fucking speaking here like I'm fucking. But this is a professional program. It's almost professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's uh, say bye now. So this fucking Sir Rollington for JC and Van Rollington and Uriel. We we had like a fucking IT extravaganza today. We had all of our IT guys. So let's be saying um, keep an eye to the sky and the ground. Um, God damn it! I always forget it, man. Be kind. Uh, eye to the sky, you to the ground. Oh, be kind. Yeah, 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 all right. Don't kill each other. Stop snitching. Right. Yeah, stop snitching and uh, save save the babies. If you're Mexican, you reckon to bring your tacos and come on. If you're Japanese, get your rice. Come on. I love you. If you're black, come on. Soul food is. I love you. You're welcome. I'm black too. Get off your soapbox, Gringo. If only the government would have bought me a father. Whoa! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, t- oh my god! Woo! Oh, oh wow! Woo! Yeah! Oh my! Oh my! Oh my god! Look at that! It's starting to even look like a triple rainbow. Oh my god, it's full on double rainbow all the way across the sky. Oh my god. Oh my god. To license it.